0: Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey Kay. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mix and Smoker's you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker we have the smoker for you go check them out at myronmixonsmokers.com and now here is your host mikey k so we're hanging out with joel from j ashes three if, if you're on instagram make sure you go check him out give him a follow um guys cooking up some good barbecue he really is uh he has some beautiful photographs um he knows his way a little bit around a smoker and some meat. So we're going to sit and chat with him for a little bit. Uh, Joel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, and uh, chatting barbecue. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well, thanks, Marky. Thanks very much for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have the opportunity to get to chat.
0: So, man, what made you start barbecuing?
1: Um, I sort of, uh, similar to probably a lot of your other... Your other guests um, just love anything cooked off the grill and off the barbecue, um, but probably particularly I've, had, I've got fond memories of when, when my dad used to cook sort of Sunday roasts on the Weber kettle growing up. Yep. Um, always remember those sort of flavours and there was just nothing like it. Um, and then it was usually sort of a, a roast leg of lamb or sometimes some beef um, and usually sided with some nice trimmings like mum's sort of roast potatoes and and veggies and that sort of thing so after I moved out of home um started to miss that, that those sort of flavor profiles I guess um and, and wanted to sort of recreate it myself um so I managed to get a uh, a Weber family queue which is the, the gas driven one yep um to try and uh and sort of recreate that and it, it was great for grilling anything sort of you know your steaks and your sausages and your burgers and that sort of thing but um I just noticed that I wasn't it wasn't quite bringing back those flavors that I really enjoyed, um, and uh, and sort of had to realize that I had to sort of step it up a, a little bit. Um, I even tried started um, to smoke foods, you know, um, like you you pull porks and those sorts of things, and you um, you pull beef, and just noticed that the sort of gas driven barbecue, um, in, this one in particular, sort of wasn't getting. The temperature is low enough for me to to get that yep. um steady sort of low and slow cook um and this was sort of a time when i guess the u.s style barbecue like the low and slow sort of scene was getting pretty big uh, in australia um, yeah and it's, it's just been bigger since so um i thought uh, i better up my game a little bit i even tried like a little wood chip box on the gas barbecue just to infuse a bit of smoke but that sort of wasn't doing what i wanted it to do um so i I remember Dad still had that old Weber kettle in the back and it was pretty much buried under some bushes. So um, managed to grab that off him. Of he hadn't touched it in in ten years or so, and gave it a bit of a clean up and grabbed some charcoal and just sort of went for it. Um, and and yeah, the first thing I tried was just some pulled beef, uh, a beef chuck from from the local market, and tried uh, doing some pulled beef with that. And it, you know, my mate was happy to be a, a taste tester, and he he didn't gag on it. So I thought I must be on the right track. It was. Um, just a, a recipe, you know, on the net, which I sort of gave a crack, and it and it worked out okay. Um, and then I, I did a, a um, just a local sort of pub had a, a a barbecue course just for a few hours on a Sunday afternoon with a few beers, um, and I signed up for that, and it was sort of more from a chef perspective of barbecuing rather than sort of your competitive barbecue style. Um, and and they were sort of teaching us how to cook steaks properly and and a bit of seafood like scallops and even finishing off with a, a dessert. And it sort of just opened up my eyes to what was possible um, from a barbecuing perspective. Um, and, uh, and, and, and they were, they were showing us both, you know, your hot plate, which was gas driven as well as, you know, cooking over charcoal as well. So, and teaching, it's just little things like, you know, you've got, there's no sort of hard and fast rules to cooking a steak, whether you want to flip it once uh, and leave it at that, or you want to, you know, flip it multiple times and, and sort of keep the juices in the middle like every 20 or 30 seconds. Um, it just sort of opened my horizons of what's sort of possible on the barbecue. And then when they pulled out, um, you know, the dessert side of things and barbecuing desserts, it's just sort of like, well, this is endless really, the possibilities. Um, and, and then I tried to sort of up the game a little bit from there and, uh, and try to uh, um, a brisket it and, and realize that my Weber kettle probably wasn't big enough. Um, I needed to up my game again. Um, but still enjoying that sort of that charcoal flavor even if I wasn't smoking things um, I was happy just to grill stuff over charcoal and get that flavor through what I was cooking so um, I invested in a, a Kamado Joe a big Joe um, which seriously was the best investment I think I've ever made um, I've, I've cooked probably three to four times a week on it ever since I bought it um, a, a two, a, probably a couple of years ago now um, and yeah, my oven is now redundant because I just do everything on that. So that's sort of yeah how it took off. Now, what made you want to go to the Kamado
0: Joe? What what made you say okay, I want I want a um, I want a Kamado style cooker?
1: Uh, I, I did a, a lot of research, like a good six months, probably too much research. I sort of over overthought about it to some degree. Um, that's okay. Oh, so we got to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, probably the large. Re- the, the main reason was probably um, size. Um, the big offset smoker I didn't think would fit uh, in our in our small bar in our small backyard. So, um, and and just looking at the versatility of the of the ceramic style smokers, whether um, you can use them to you know direct grill, or you can use them to smoke, or you can use them as an oven, um, a slow cooker, any sort of style, um, sort of to me, gave me more opportunity to sort of invest in, in the style of cooking, which was, you know, pretty uh, a wide sort of vast range, um, and it just allowed me to do that without having to sort of keep a fire going and that sort of thing. And don't get me wrong, like I've never actually used an offset smoker um, or a drum smoker or anything like that, so I can't directly compare, but just based on on my research, I thought that the the ceramic uh, style smoker, in particular the Kamado Joe, um, was probably best suited to what I was after.
0: It's a it's a great cooker. You can do a lot with it, so um, it, it's very versatile. Obviously, like you've learned, because you you do you do a ton with it. So it it, it probably was a really good choice.
1: <laughs> uh, absolutely, I, like I said, I, I haven't looked back. Um, you know anything um, from doing a quick steak or or your low and slow stuff. I've even sort of baked some cheesecakes and, um, and you know, your paella, paellas and all that sort of thing. Um, it just, it does everything. And like I said, our, our oven is pretty redundant at the moment. Um, we don't use it a whole lot. And I've sort of managed to get, get the sort of um, the, the temperatures, I've, I've got the ability to get the temperatures where they need to be pretty quick now. Um, sort of worked, worked on that a little bit and I can have it up and running whether it's for a hot and fast cook or a long and slow cook, I can have it going in 10 to 15 minutes, yep. um, which pretty much is equivalent to starting the oven and getting that to the temperature that you need as well. So, um, yeah. And well, it's, I think uh, is fantastic
0: it's pretty- with what you just said, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I, was on, I was on the internet, as we all are, right? I was on Facebook the other day, and yep. there's this thing that um, – is called the Flamester. Have you, have you seen an okay. ad for that yet? No, I haven't yet. Now, now that we've talked about it, you will see a million of them. Uh okay. You know how it is? <laughs> they, they they stalk you and they're gonna give it to you. Um, always listening. always listening, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what the flamester is, is it is a it is an attachment that goes into your, um, you're either Kamado Joe or your big green egg, right? It is a gas attachment that makes it that basically converts it into a gas grill, okay? And uh, this guy who kind of made it up, which which everyone I think on the internet, um, is we of, kind of given him you know, some shit because he's like, turn your, basically turn your Kamado Joe into a gas grill. Yeah, well,
1: right. Okay. Well,
0: but why did I buy a Kamado Joe if I wanted a gas grill? <laughs> or why did yeah. I buy a big green egg if I wanted a gas grill?
1: Sort of defeats the purpose of it, doesn't it? Sort
0: of defeats the purpose of it, right? And then he was on the news in North Carolina, I believe, where he's from you know, kind of pitching this idea. And he's like, well, if you think about it, it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to get your Kamado Joe or your big green egg up to tap.
1: Right. (laughs) He's doing it wrong. (laughs) I
0: was like, I'm like, dude, I'm done eating by the time you're just getting your grill done.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't, like, I don't quite understand what is, like, what I don't understand is where did he see this to be a a necessity? Like at what point yeah. was somebody like, you know what? I want to make my Kamado style grill into a gas grill. No. Yeah. Like none of us that want to do that. Uh,
1: that doesn't make sense to me. And it's like, to, to think that there is a need for it, like if if he's you know realizing that it's taking him 45 minutes to get his pit up to temp. Um, maybe you, know, you need to
0: learn how to cook.
1: Yeah, or just do a little bit more research on sort of getting pit started. And that was one of the, the first things I noticed was, um, and like I said, I can't compare to offsets because I've never lit in one of the fireboxes and that sort of thing. But, yeah, but, you know, it takes a little bit of time. But, um, you know, I can't imagine it would take 45 minutes, you know, even a well, firebox.
0: So, so with an offset, the thing you really got to do is you got to get your chamber up to temp, but you also have to build a nice coal bed. You got to yep. build a nice yep. coal bed so you you can kind of kind of run on that, right? And that's what's going to take you a little bit of time cuz you got to burn the wood down. And there's nothing but time yep. on that. Unless I mean there are some people that will start with charcoal or they will start with lump charcoal already and they just like the lump charcoal and then they use that as their coal bed. Yep. But not everyone does that. Some people will start with logs and burn those down into a nice coal bed and go that way. And either way is correct. Neither way is, you know, I think I think using the char- lump charcoal is going to be a little bit faster. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to save yourself a little bit of time and you're going to save yourself maybe, you know, five or six sticks that you're not just burning down into charcoal.
1: Yeah, sure. Does it, does it offer um... – a smokier sort of uh, flavor profile if you're if you're generating everything from sticks as opposed to starting um, from from charcoal and then adding logs later. Or does that affect the cook in any way?
0: I don't honestly. I don't know. I don't know if I can give you an answer on that because um, I use all sticks when I do my stick burner. Um, okay. But I have used charcoal in the past just to get it started. Yeah, and I don't think I saw a difference. Not, not, okay. not yeah. at, at least not on my big, big meats. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I didn't, I didn't see a difference on my brisket. I didn't see a difference on my, um, on my pork shoulders. And I think it's just because they're so big, they're gonna take in smoke for such a such a little bit long, like not such a little bit longer time. because that's weird where i are saying it, but a longer amount of time. They're gonna take in yeah. that smoke, because yeah. for obvious purposes, they're they're taking in smoke. You know what I mean? That yeah. they're just larger cuts of meat. They're gonna take in smoke a little bit longer than than say a chicken or yeah. some chicken wings or whatever or some pork belly. Yeah. It's just not gonna take in smoke quite as long, but yeah. um, I think that the Starting it with charcoal in a stick burner. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You're just, you're starting your coal bed a little bit differently. That's all you're, you're not yeah. creating it in a sense. Like you are, you are creating it because you're using a, you're using a, uh, you're using charcoal to, to create that coal bed. Uh, You're just not taking wood and burning it down into coals, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, So yeah. you're actually shortening your. You're heat. You're shortening up. You're shortening the the startup time, which is perfectly fine. I think. Um, yeah. I will say the though.
1: Cook,
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> the cook process doesn't. No, the cook process isn't changing. But I was gonna say what. I, uh, when I when I start mine and get mine going, I would say I'm probably around like 30, 35 minutes. Um. To get my nice coal bed where I want it to be before I'm throwing a couple more sticks in there. And then that heats up my chamber also um, and yep. gets me going. But the reason I don't mind the time is I go out and start my pit and then I go back into the kitchen and prep all my meat and then I take it and put it on the pit. And by the time I'm done trimming my briskets, seasoning my pork shoulders, seasoning my, seasoning my briskets and all that. I'm pretty close to that 40 minute marker to where I can put everything on the pit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, and that's enough. Like oh.
0: Yeah. It's, it, it's killing two birds with one stone, especially cooking commercially. Um, I'm not sitting and waiting for my pit to come up the temp then going and trimming or you know trimming trimming everything and then starting my cooker and then waiting for my cooker to go up to temp I'm kind of I'm killing two birds with one stone
1: yeah absolutely
0: and that that works out very very well for me but with, with the Kamado I mean shit I can light my big green egg I can have it going in 15 minutes
1: Yeah. I mean, I can, whether it's with a a chimney, um, and just a chimney starter and just loading it up with some charcoal and then pouring that on top or, um, or using something like a loof lighter, uh, electric sort of driven just to get it up and running regardless.
0: Have you seen the new loof lighters that
1: are coming out? I haven't. No, I've got a pretty old one actually. Um, which I'm I'm still still hanging on to. It's probably going to die any any day now. But yeah, I'll be on the market for a new one soon. The the new ones are going to be battery driven. Oh really? Yeah. That's that's handy, like particularly for um you know camping and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I think you'll get like I think
0: it's like three three or four starts per per charge.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for that, be- like all for the, the loof lighter um, sort of approach or any sort of electric driven sort of um, – It works very you know, well. Uh, the, the I don't loof I like putting – yeah, I don't like putting any unnatural products in my barbecue. For instance, I don't like putting any sort of fire lighters or igniters or anything that anywhere near near – Things that are going to be cooking my food. So if I'm if I'm using a chimney, I'll I'll just get a foil tray and just load that up with a few fire starters and then sit the chimney on top of that. But that'll be away from the barbecue. Um, yep. I don't want that sort of that um, that nasty sort of smoke flavour put through um, any of my cooking surfaces or anything like that. So with the electric driven, you know, whether it's a Bluefire or any other brand, um, you know, that sort of avoids that, which is which I'm all for.
0: You know what I find that I really like about my loof lighter though is I can start three different spots in my egg.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know I
0: can start one on the far right, one on the far left, and then one in one in the uh, the kind of like middle front area, right towards me, like kind of make a triangle, nice triangle shape, and yeah. um, if I do that, it takes me about five minutes to do right um depending on the temperature outside guys um if it's super cold it's gonna be a little bit longer but i mean that's only if it's like you know super cold yeah but i start those three three places you know what i mean get let them go let them start going um if we're doing a long smoke i'll throw throw some chunks on top if we're not say we're just we're just you know we're making burgers, we're making steaks, we're doing something like that. I don't, I'm not going to throw any wood usually, no, no chunks on top. Um, yep. I let it get going and then I would say I'm ready to cook in 15, 15 to 20. If yeah. that.
1: It's easy, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's good to go and it, it's ready to go. it's, you know, if, if I do want to do like a super hot sear, um, I usually let my uh, – I have different grates inside my cooker. I I, I, have a, um, I have a little bit thicker steel steel grates. I have a custom grate put into my cooker. Oh, nice. um, so with the custom grate, that takes a little bit longer to warm up. But that's also – like that's on me. You know what I mean? Like if I had the regular – the regular grates that it comes with, it, it it'd be it'd be warm. You know what I mean? Like they'd be good to go. But yeah. that steel take, considering it's considerably thicker than your your regular grates, um, yeah. it just takes a little longer to warm warm that warm that steel up. For, yeah, for but it to it, be you know, ready to go.
1: Yeah, and if that's the cooking surface you want, then you're prepared to wait the extra five minutes. You know? Yeah,
0: that's, I mean that that's that's on me, right? I mean that that yeah. that's what I chose to put into exactly. my cooker. But yeah. um and I obviously I have the other grates right next right next to me. So if I was really, really in a rush, I can throw the other grates in and just let those like let those heat up normally.
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and that's the good the other good thing about the Kamado Joe is the the versatility in the cooking surfaces, yep. whether you want the grate or the cast iron or the soapstone or you know, yeah. you can sort of mix it around. And then if you've got your own sort of favorite Um, cast iron plate or skillet or anything like that you can just chuck it on top so you know it's um there's multiple opportunities to yeah i mean i'm
0: I'm a big fan of using cast iron inside the inside the kamado cookers um yeah especially if you want to get like if you want that beautiful cast iron sear on a steak exactly yeah i will just throw that cast iron straight onto my onto my uh charcoal
1: Give, yeah, it, yeah. give
0: it some give it a little bit of time and i i mean like you don't even go crazy i mean seven minutes with that thing open and that cast iron is ready it is it is pumping
1: and it is good yeah. to go you know they retain heat really well so even with the cast iron skillets you know if yep. i'm just doing a, you know a chicken dish with a bit of rice through it or whatever um you can cook it up and you can put it to the side and, you know, finish off what you need to do. And that cast iron just retains its heat and it's good to serve up so people aren't complaining about, you yep. know, cold dishes and that sort of thing. Absolutely. So,
0: yeah. It, cast iron is, is um, I would say, it's probably one of my favorite ways to cook. It um it just, the flavor that you get out of an amazing, cat like, seasoned cast iron yeah it's very difficult to beat you can do yeah. so much fun stuff in it um i'm a big fan of doing like breads inside of it
1: okay yeah yeah sure i haven't tried
0: that i feel like it, like you know like biscuits and stuff like that it, it just it, it retains the flavor so well and it, it just kind of gives that it gives it such a it gives such a unique flavor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I even uh, enjoy doing um my skillet brownies, you know, mixing that up a little bit just as a There you a go. Sweet, yeah. Yeah, and s'mores and that sort of thing. Um yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's pronounced yeah. right, but yeah, yeah the marshmallow. Yeah. No, yeah. You,
0: you you hit it on the head. Uh, <laughs> it, you know what it is? It's it just adds that little bit that little bit of seasoning flavor to it. Yeah, that, exactly. That changes, changes the game almost.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, I mean, you know, you know trialling all these when – when I was starting, trialling the briskets and the pulled porks and the pulled beefs and anything else that had a bit of smoke sort of infused flavour, um, I, I always knew that I didn't want to oversmoke things. I've been to a few barbecue joints that have just – you know it's it's almost inedible just because they they put so much smoke flavor through it um, and you can't actually get a an appreciation for the flavor of the protein or the meat that you're actually eating um so even with my you know if I'm doing an 8 or 9 kilo or 8 kilo brisket um I'm not sure what that is in pounds but I
0: think if I'm not wrong one. I if I'm not wrong I think that's right around 17 17- Yep. sixteen pounds, sixteen to seventeen yep. pounds.
1: Yeah, so you know, Is my math right? Um, if if I'm doing that, I'll still only use sort of um, two, maybe three, uh, sort of tennis by tennis ball size chunks of of a fruit wood, whether it's a cherry wood or a peach wood or an apricot wood or an apple wood. Um, I I won't load up my smoker with with a lot of wood just to get that smoke. You know, smoking something for the sake of smoking something. I'd rather. Um, You know, just have a little bit of that partial flavor of smoke so you can actually still appreciate the flavor of the beef, particularly if you're doing like a nice Wagyu, um, you know, or, you know, a good free range sort of pork and that sort of thing. You want to appreciate what sort of meat you're eating too without just tasting the flavor of of smoke.
0: Well, I Um, think what most people don't think about is like you're supposed to use smoke as a seasoning, You're not supposed to use it as the only flavor profile. You're supposed to use it to enhance the meat, make it taste better, but not make it only taste like it, right? So you want that smoke to kind of kiss it nicely and and use it like you use salt and pepper, where you're, you're using it to enhance the flavor, not to be the only flavor.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think some places overdo it, um, you know, uh, and uh, some people do enjoy it and that's fine, you know, each to their own. But, um, yeah, I'd rather that, like you said, just that little kiss of smoke. Um, and you know, after the first sort of two hours, the smoke, the the woods actually sort of burnt down and you're just running off the charcoal anyway. So with, when I'm cooking it, um, so there's not a, and and you'll still get your nice smoke ring and your nice bark and that sort of thing. Um, but it's just not sort of almost inedible because it tastes so much like smoke.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's what so many people don't understand. Bad barbecue kind of really en- ends up being is things that are oversmoked.
1: Yeah, and, and it, it can put you off. Not like it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if you've eaten, it, you know, your first one or two tries of of low and slow barbecue and and all you're tasting is, you know, over smoked meats, then you're not going to want to go back. Um, but really there's, there's some really nice sort of flavors that you can obtain just with a, a small amount of smoke and just let, whether it's your your nice meats and a little bit of your seasonings do the, the rest of the talking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially like, I mean, if you get a nice cherry wood, um, and it gives it gives you beautiful color, and then it gives you just a little bit of hint of cherry flavoring. Um, it, it it's very good. It, it's fantastic. It enhances that flavor. But now, if you if you have dirty smoke or if it if it's a dirty cherry smoke, nobody likes that. Everyone's like, ah, it tastes bitter.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I've I've found a few sort of um, different fruit woods are, are probably better for some proteins than others. Typically, you know you your apple woods for, um, for pork. And I do enjoy cherry wood with, you know, your briskets and your, and your beef short ribs and that sort of thing. Um, they sort of just sort of complement each other nicely.
0: Now, obviously I've been talking to a couple people from Australia for, for years now. So I know a little bit more about the uh, Australian barbecue scene than, than most of the, the American humans that are probably listening to the show. Um, yeah. But I want to ask this question when you first kind of started how was sourcing wood?
1: Um, because I know was... when I
0: talked to sorry to cut you off, but I know when I talked to a couple of my first first Australian guests, we talked about that and it was it was a little bit more difficult and then it it, it has been something that's been difficult for a couple of them for a while. Now they they've started to figure out where to go and as as the as barbecue's gotten bigger I feel like it's probably gotten a lot easier. Correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when I first started, I was helped in the fact that I was choosing charcoal. Um, yeah. As a cooking source, anyway, or a heat source, anyway. So um, for me, it was a matter of um, I was like I said when I was on the Weber Q and the gas-driven barbecue. Um, I was using um, the little wood chip box, and wood chips were pretty pretty available from your local barbecue shops. Um, it was probably me just not doing it correctly. i'm I'm sure those methods are, are quite um, you know fine to use now to to get a good quality smoke. It was probably just me not working it out properly. But um yeah, once I bought the Kamado, um I think I just did a little bit of googling and found um, I think it was like a Uh, An orchard um, a local orchard that was sort of selling dried fruit woods um, Already cut up and and I managed to get a a bit of that and just stocked up. So because I only use a small amount um, You know if I had five or six kilos of chopped up fruit wood That was gonna last me a long time because I'm only using like I said two or three chunks for a cook. So um, I think I was fortunate in, in where I found the wood, but yeah these days because the the sort of bar low and slow and American barbecue scene in Australia has sort of grown and grown, and and sort of hasn't just become a fad that sort of died off. Um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of places that now stock those fruit woods and and any other smoking woods for that matter, um, you know, and it's pretty easily accessible now.
0: That's what I figured. I I um, I, I figured getting more kind of the, the types of woods that, you know, people would really w- want to be looking for would become easier and easier. I know when I, I, I spoke with a lot of a lot of my Australian friends for a while, they were using very, very native hardwoods. You know what yeah. I mean? And now they they have been switching to like that apple and that cherry wood that, that is becoming more and more um, readily available.
1: Yeah, sure. And, and look, a lot of these guys um... – started well before me so um you know they probably a lot of those sort of um barbecue teams that early on um you know like you suck knuckle smokers and that sort of thing i know spoken to craig and that yeah um you know they they sort of pioneered a little bit and i'm sure they had a lot of trouble getting getting those sorts of woods but by the time i was sort of into it it was a bit more established and i didn't have as much trouble uh, fortunately. so yeah pretty lucky
0: it, I mean, someone had to do it, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, and look, I'm not I'm not in the know in terms of a lot of the barbecue stuff. I don't do any of the competitions. Um, I certainly appreciate it and um, and acknowledge you know the length that some of these teams go to to um, to get a win on the board with all the comps, and, and it's pretty impressive stuff. Um, i've sort of stuck to just the backyard barbecuing really um i guess uh it's it's um less pressure <laughs> um financially it's a little bit easier i guess um but yeah so i've been in contact with a few of the teams that you've spoken to and sort of um correlate a little bit with like the barbecue mafia guys and yeah and, great um, guys. yeah yeah, and craig from sucking up with smokers who i know you've interviewed as well um, when I first started out, like I was drilling him for questions and it was a, a really good help. So, um, yeah, that, that they might've had trouble sourcing some of that wood earlier on. Um, but yeah, like I said, they've all, all paved the way.
0: They've paved the way. They made, made life easier for you, which is always, a uh, always a great way. Somebody has got to be a, a trailblazer and That's right. yeah, Craig from sock knuckle. I mean, he's a great dude. Uh, yeah. amazing human. So
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, when when we yeah.
0: when we spoke, he was like, "Yeah, you know, it was kind of kind of difficult."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's um, their team. I'm not sure if they're still competing or not. I haven't spoken to him for a little while. But I'm not sure that we they have are a heard. thing. We have a thing called um, meat stock in Australia and yep. New Zealand. Um, so, given he's over in another state, um, usually try and pop over and say good day when they're here, either competing in meat stock or or um or just visiting so yeah now have you been to Meatstock? yeah so i've been the past two two or three years um and yeah it's really enjoyable day just watching one of my favorite parts to be honest is sort of appreciating the butcher wars that they have there when you've got um a handful of people um sort of you know elite in their profession um carving out a you know whether it's a a lamb or whatever and and displaying it in a you know a matter of minutes and like they would in their shop like it's just phenomenal skills so you know it's pretty um pretty impressive stuff to see and break break a carcass down and and you know put all the nice garnishes on and and present it the way they do so yeah i really enjoy that aspect of meat stock and and it's also just a good good networking thing and um and and you can walk amongst the sort of teams where they're competing and have a chat and you know pick their brains because you know if you want to learn a few tips or tricks or if you're if you're beginning and that sort of thing there's there's just a a wealth of knowledge that's sort of floating around and and often you know they're sitting there waiting i know they've got a lot to do but they've got a bit of downtime in terms of waiting for their cooks and hand-ins um a lot of them are more than happy to have a chat and um and, and give some advice or some tips or you know even have a beer with and and just oh. relax because it's a pretty enjoyable event
0: You know, you you know they they always say you know barbecue's the um hurry up and wait you know what I mean let's go let's go let's go we gotta get the pit on we gotta get the meat on we gotta get okay what do we do now
1: we wait what do you mean
0: there's no more to do no we wait
1: yeah yeah like I said I've never competed I mean I'd be happy to help you know any teams that that wanted a hand just to get some experience or you know suss out what the scene's like um. But in, yeah, in terms of waiting, like I find particularly with the low and slow cooks at home, um, for me, it's a bit of a, a yoga. Like it's, um, I'll put my headphones in and, you know, listen to some music or, you know, a good podcast, you know, a bit of man meat barbecue or, um, and and just do my thing. And then it'll it'll do its cook and I'll come back and spritz every couple of hours or whatever. And I can get some jobs done around the house and just sort of, you know, it's, I find it really relaxing. Um and I think you said once that you know if if you don't get a cook in in a few a few days or a few weeks you sort of get a bit of itchy feet and yeah. get a bit grumpy, um, and and I'm a bit the same. Yeah, I like to um, sort of do that and 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 get a cook in, and and you sort of feel productive as well.
0: Absolutely, I I, I think it's like one of the things I was talking to, um, one of the chefs that I, I work I work closely with at the kitchen um he's like man he's like you're here so early he's like and then he's like you kind of have some downtime he's like it, it just he's like what do you you know fully doing you know with that and it's like man sometimes I try getting emails done I try getting other things done but it's like unfortunately like my meat goes on like for for events if we have an event at five o'clock I'm putting my meat on depending on what we're cooking usually around, you know, 2.33. So, yeah. and I, I cook hot and fast, so, or hotter yeah. and fast, or I guess in the hot and fast range, I'm on the lower end. But in that, in the low and slow game, I'm in the hot and fast lane. I'll take a 15-pound brisket, and I will put it on the cooker at 3 in the morning, and I will be pulling that sucker off probably at, like, 1 1.30 to let it rest for a couple hours before we slice it up so realistically that's pretty fast that's a pretty fast yeah. cook for that size of a brisket absolutely um, yeah and i i mean i'm cooking at 300 to 325 fahrenheit so yeah do you cook in fahrenheit uh
1: yeah i've managed to <laughs> manage to do it i've been converted <laughs>
0: So, well, some people, some people still cook in Celsius and some people cook in Fahrenheit. So whenever I'm talking to people outside the uh, United States, I always ask them, like, are you cooking in Fahrenheit or Celsius so that I can try to do my, my quick math in my head so I can kind of give you, you know, where I'm actually, where, where I'm at. Because I mean, you tell somebody, well, I'm cooking at 325 and if they're thinking Celsius, that's, that's a whole different temperature. That's oh, like yeah, 450 that's, degrees.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've managed to sort of um, yeah adopt the Fahrenheit game just because a lot of the like I said early on when 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 I was learning and doing all the Googling, um, it was all in Fahrenheit because it was largely based on you know US websites and recipes and that sort of thing. So just yeah. adapt it. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of it. it I, I've heard a lot of people say that that a lot of people. Have switched into cooking in in Fahrenheit because that's just what they're getting.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting though because um, occasionally I'll get um, messages on you know uh, how did you do this or can you explain how you know how you got to this result and what temperature did you use and yeah. what was your internal temperature and that sort of thing. Um, and if it's sort of someone local that's that's new to the game. Um, i'll I'll just say look it's in fahrenheit but check out your barbecue thermometer because it's going to have fahrenheit on it anyway um if not just convert it yourself so just just to have that awareness that it it can be different
0: yeah give it give it that uh at least that give them that that difference because i think if you don't you're going to get people that are like you did what it was at what temperature i tried the same thing and i burnt it it's like yeah you, we were in a whole different game at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly.
0: So yeah uh, but you know we'll, we'll cook it hot and fast, but it's still like I will put my meat on at three. I won't start doing my sides and all my other stuff or my shorter cooks till around 730 or eight in the morning. you know what I mean So I have a couple hours of downtime. Where I can, you know, try to get stuff done. Now, I cook on a stick burner, so there's not going back. Like, there's no, like, oh, I'm going to go take a nap in the truck. It's, it's we're, you know, we're throwing a stick in a, a, every half an hour to 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess that's the the other benefit of the Kamado uh, style. Yeah, I mean, I've managed to get my overnight cooks down, uh, Pat, with, in particular, briskets. Um I'll, I'll put it on at midnight if I want to if I want to lunch the next day yeah um, I'll have have it on at midnight um, and it'll be sort of cruising at sort of I'll, I'll probably go a little bit lower around 240 250 Fahrenheit um, yeah. just because I know that I've got time to play with um, yep. so chuck it on at midnight and then get up at sort of six and seven and, and see how it's going and if I need to adjust the temperature I can um, take it off by sort of 10 AM and then good to go for lunch. So still get a good sleep, even, even though, um, you know, that thing's cooking in the background Uh, and and that's that's the benefits of the ceramic, I guess that just maintains and holds its temperature. So if we've got gale force winds or we've got thunderstorms or, or whatever it is that could have, you know, potentially affect something like a a thinner metal sort of, you know, small kettle or something like that. Um, then, you know, you can sort of rest assured that these temperatures aren't going to fluctuate a whole lot.
0: Well, I mean, I love my Kamado. Don't get me wrong. The problem with my Kamado is real estate. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I'm I'm cooking for 175 to 250 people, it's real estate. Yeah, for sure. There's not enough real estate on that Kamado to even come, you know – Come close to what I need.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and look, that was, um, that's one uh, another factor in in sort of the competition stuff. I haven't, you know, if I if I was to do any sort of competition, um, I'm not. I'm only experiencing Kamado, and and I wouldn't want to risk breaking my my Kamado in in sort of um, transit um, and cracking any ceramic or anything like that just to get to a comp. Um, and I'm sure there's methods of doing it properly, but I don't have a trailer or anything like that. So, um, whereas a lot of those teams have got the pits that are sort of built into the trailers and that sort of thing, which makes it, um, you know, the mobility a lot easier.
0: You know, what I do find funny, um, we actually, uh, um, a buddy of mine, let me borrow his store's double XL, right? Right. And... He we 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 uh put all like he kinda put all the stuff in into the XL or the double XL. He put you know he put cardboard between everything to make sure everything was cushy, really, really nice and, and brought it over. And he was like I was like, Oh, I'll just take it all out, I'll take it and I thought I grabbed all the cardboard out, right? Well, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, there was one that was right in, right in the corner. That kind of, I don't. Know, it was, it was just hidden, hidden well, uh, <laughs> well enough to where <laughs> I did a twenty hour, or not a twenty. I did a fifteen hour cook on it. the The cardboard didn't light. It just stayed oh, exactly really? in place. Well, because wow. what we, what we ended up doing is, um, I took a kick ash basket, and I took a lo- or an an extra large kick ash basket. And I put it into the double XL. Um. Double XL, uh, big green egg. So the 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 ash basket was much smaller than the actual firebox was. Okay. So it, it wasn't getting it, it, like the charcoal wasn't out completely out. You know what I mean? It had a it had a it had some area between it. But we just found sure. it so funny that it did not light. We it never, yeah. never ignited.
1: Yeah. I guess yeah, like like I said, the temperatures won't fluctuate around it, will they? Though sort they, of. Um...
0: It didn't. It was, it was yeah. It was, it was insane. And I will say that the old double XL big green egg is one of the best mottos cookers I've ever cooked on, with a extra large kick ash basket inside of it. Reason being is there's so much airflow. There's so much air air. That it's just it, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Is it easier to adjust sort of temperatures given?
0: Yeah. The amount is. of air. Yes. Yeah. It's it's still super easy to adjust the temperatures, but the nice thing that it does is since there is so much airflow in there, the how clean the smoke comes out, how quickly it's just amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've um I've got the series one Kamado Big Joe, um, and like I said that the best investment um i've ever made i haven't and i've since uh since got the kamado joe junior which is a lot of fun Um, oh they're awesome yeah they're just they're cute um yeah basically just a few quick steaks and you know quick and easy and and mobile and and i've also got the um the series 3 classic joe which is still in the box i haven't had a chance to unwrap it yet so i'm looking forward to using that slow roller technology they've incorporated um uh yeah so the, like i said they're just really dynamic sort of and versatile um cookers
0: i have the uh, i have a minimax which is the same size as as the as the little joe right um and, yep. and the thing that i love doing like if we have parties and we have a bunch of people over is I will reverse sear our, if we're doing steaks for a bunch of people, I'll reverse sear the steak. Right. So I'll cook it on the XL, you know, nice, nice, low and slow. And, um, then when people are like, okay, I want mine, you know, medium or medium rare or whatever I can temp and I can start pulling them, you know, when they're ready and I, and I just crank up my, you know, minimax to 700 degrees
1: <laughs> yeah. and i just sear it
0: off real fast and then i give it to him. and i'm like okay let it rest for two minutes you know let it rest for five minutes and um it'll be good to go
1: yeah yeah that's a good way to do it absolutely and
0: it, you know what it, yeah. it kind of um it kind of makes the party fun too because everyone's talking about it like yeah oh, dude, you're doing it like that. Like, that's insane. I don't do it like that at home. And it's just kind of a fun little talking piece. And I, I'm, yeah. I get to play with more fire. And
1: <laughs> and you can get people involved in the cook as well. I mean, yeah. you, know, you can say, all right, your steak's almost ready. Do you want to give it a char? And and they sort of can be involved in the process if they're, if they're that way inclined and, and want to know a little bit about how you're cooking. If not, they're happy to eat it a nice juicy steak that you've cooked for them anyway. So it's a that, that's
0: usually what they're happy about. They're like, Oh, you cooked steak. Okay. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably as enthusiastic as what we are about it. But, you know, that's yeah. okay. <laughs> you know what I
0: mean? Like they're not, they're not super like, I, I don't know about how, how you, how you find yourself, but I find whenever I go to a party that has a, has a barbecue there and, and has a grill and, and people are, are using it. I, I tend to find myself somehow I, I have the tongs, I have the, the the proteins in my hands and I'm standing yeah. there and I'm looking at people going, I don't live here. Why am <laughs> I, I, I don't live here and I wasn't hired today. What, what, what is going yeah. on?
1: <laughs> yeah, I get that too. Yeah. Um, but you sort of, I'd rather engage people, you know, if, if it's their barbecue, then sort of, you know, let them try and encourage them to do it. And, um, and if they want some tips, I'm happy to give some tips. Not that I know everything, because I'm always learning. It. Like every single cook, I'm learning something new. But, um, you know, if, if you can offer some advice, then, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, but sort of it's their barbecue. If they're hosting, you know, yeah, let them do
0: it. <laughs> I, I somehow, uh, even if they're hosting, I somehow get get roped into uh, cooking.
1: That that's probably just a reflection of your skill.
0: (laughs) You know what, it's, it's, it's sometimes it sucks. Uh, and it, it, uh, you get, you get roped into it and then it's, uh, well, fantastic. Now I got to do all this stuff, you know,
1: (laughs) as long as I can can claim
0: As long as you don't have to clean, yeah, usually I don't have to clean, which is fantastic. But it's still just, yeah. sometimes it sucks. It really does. When you're just like, man, I don't want to have to do this. Or you get you get stuck making 50 hamburgers, and you're just like, I <laughs> I just came here for the free beer. Like, what happened?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, or if the, the game's on in the background and everyone else is watching the game, and you know... Yeah, you want to be part of that, other than slaving away over the over the grill. Yeah,
0: it it, it just happens, right? It, yeah. it it just sometimes happens, and uh, yeah, what can we do?
1: Yeah, uh, we love it anyway. So you yeah, know.
0: we do, Joel. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, and chatting barbecue, man. I've had a great time. You were an amazing guest. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like kind of ending this show in in a in a cool way. Um, so I'm going to give you your shot at this. If you had to go back into your barbecue career, knowing what you know now, what are three tips you would give yourself to help
1: shorten your learning curve? Um, I think an, uh, an obvious one is probably to people that have a bit more experience. Um, and I think it's probably been said on your podcast several times is to just give it a go. Um, you know don't be afraid to try something and, and and make mistakes because i guess sometimes there can be there can be good mistakes where you didn't think something was going to work in a particular way and it does and um, or even something that you thought was going to work a particular way and it doesn't but it turns out when it doesn't it, it was actually good so um you know just just don't be don't be shy and don't be scared it's just it's food so um, it can be fun uh, and pizza. not of... Yeah, exactly. Worst worst case scenario, just get some some takeaway, um, you know. So, and and don't be sort of scared to try other sort of um, flavors that you wouldn't have normally thought you would want to try. Like, I've I've gotten um, heavily into seafood lately as well. Like, I've always liked it, but I've sort of been trying different seafoods to sort of mix it up, and and you know, the, and and also healthier options too, you know. You can, it doesn't all have to be sort of fatty, um, you know, pork and, and that sort of thing. It, it can not that pork's always fatty, but it doesn't have to be sort of you know heavy and fatty foods that you, you, you're cooking. You can I've been cooking some nice sort of crispy skin salmon and that sort of thing, which can be healthier options, and and they're just as as tasty as well as sort of grilled vegetables and um, and that sort of thing. So. Um, yeah give give things a crack um, and don't be shy and, and sort of open your eyes and your yeah, sort of your horizon to other sort of flavors that you wouldn't normally associate with barbecue I think that's one of the the key ones for me um, secondly I guess um, make friends with your butcher it's it's a good tip to sort of get chatting to to the people you're getting uh, the produce off um, I tend to avoid the, the large chain sort of supermarkets to, to get my meat, um, I'd rather chat to my butcher and know where the produce is coming from and, and how it's sourced and you know whether it's ethically sustainable and that sort of thing. Um, and, and also th- these it's their, it's their job so they've got a wealth of knowledge that you can sort of pick their brain at um, and get some tips on, on what sort of cuts might be better um, for particular dishes and. Um, and yeah, and you might even get a bit of a discount if you, if you get really friendly. So like, um, that would be my second tip is just to, you know, talk to people, not only your butcher, but anyone in the barbecue sort of community are often pretty friendly. So, um, don't be shy and asking for tips and tricks and that sort of thing. If you're struggling to sort of get, get the outcome that you want out of a, um, a cookup. Um, I guess my last tip. <laughs> will be more Instagram related. Uh, try and take some quick pictures so the food doesn't go cold because um, my wife isn't very big on eating cold food that's had about 15 minutes worth of photos taken of it. So if you can master that art of getting your good photo in quick and then and then serving up a dish that's not cold, then you're on the right track.
0: Yeah, they get mad, don't they?
1: They do. <laughs> but
0: like my wife usually is like, can, can we eat now? Like, are you done? <laughs>
1: Yeah, you've exactly. Been,
0: you've you've been looking at the uh, the the sandwich longer than you've been looking at me, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> my bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm getting better at
0: that, but yeah, it still takes time. Well, Joel, it, it was it was a pleasure having you, and we'll have to have you back. You're you phenomenal guest, um guys. If you want to follow Joel on the interwebs, it is J Ashes Three. Um, can they follow you anywhere else besides Instagram? Is there, are you posting anywhere else?
1: Uh, no, just Instagram at the moment. Justin's yeah.
0: fantastic. So go follow him on Instagram. There will be um, there will be a link to him in the show notes, so um, you don't have to uh, worry if you're driving or something like that. Just go back to the show notes, and you can click the link, um, and it will take you directly to his Instagram. So, Joel, thank you so much for uh, chatting barbecue with us, and uh, we will chat soon.
1: My pleasure, mate. Thanks, Mark, for having me. I appreciate it.